Hello, everyone, and welcome to Life Advice with Keon, L-A-W-K, or Locke, the show where I talk to future me, keep myself accountable, and try to track my progress. And today, I have a very special guest with me. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, my friend? Was my name Cameron Macaroni last time? I don't remember what we settled on. <laughs> there was Cameron Rigatoni, Cameron Macaroni, Cameron Baloney. I thought it was Espaloni or something. Espaloni, yeah. I think Cameron Espaloni was future you. Cameron uh, Rigatoni okay, was... I'm Cameron Boozart to Mary. We're not doing this goof. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're Cameron Macaroni. I like Cameron Macaroni. Oh, God. I've been, I've been jonesing for some macaroni. Hello, I'm Cameron Macaroni. Oof. Yes, and uh, I brought my beautiful brother on with me to talk about an ep- uh, an episode of one of our favorite shows, and that we kind of have a little bit of a an authority to speak on, which is Black Mirror. There was a new episode; it's the second episode in season five that's called Smithereens and or Smithereen. And Cameron and I had just talked about it on his podcast, Swaying the Small Stuff. If you haven't subscribed, please go check it out. Give it a subscribe. Give it a listen. He'll have an episode that we talk about what the implications of the episode are about when it comes to uh, kind of security and privacy and all of those kind of things. But first of all, before we say anything, spoilers ahead, just so you know, we'll be talking about the episode. And in that episode, we also, in the Swaying the Small Stuff episode, we talk a little bit about that and get into the minutia about it. But... For us to talk about it when it comes to life advice, uh, I wanted to pick Cameron's brain as well as talk about uh, a little bit more in detail about Skinner Box technology, about addiction to our phones and the internet, and what that, how to combat that, how that can impact your life based on the episode. In the episode, and spoilers, here we are, the main character, it's revealed at the end that he, by virtue of looking at his phone, accidentally has a car accident, which creates terrible ramifications for the rest of his life. That's something that we can all empathize with. If I've learned, this is the the one sentence that I'm going to say that I, what I learned today is that it's completely empathizable what happens to that character. I have had to drive four hours one way to go back to my hometown to help out with things and then drive another four hours to come back to work. And during those four hours, it takes a long time to just drive and you listen to audiobooks and uh, YouTube videos and other stuff and try to stay focused, but it's easy to get distracted. And it's, there have been so many PSAs and commercials and other things about like, hey, keep your eyes on the road. And then they have really poignant ones that are about how that can impact your life and other people's life if you don't. But the fact that we've been following this character throughout this entire episode and what they've been going through and then we realize that's the reason why they're just so distraught and so messed up. It It's more poignant. And uh, Cameron, I was curious how you felt about the episode, but also how you feel about this entire paradigm of uh, kind of Skinnerback's technology and addiction when it comes to your phones and how that can impact people's lives. I think I can best sum it up like this. It was so good. Oh my god. Right? It was oh, so... So they... It was one thing... It would have been like one thing... For them to show us, like, oh, man, he he did this thing, and he feels upset about it, and this blah, blah, blah. No, man. That's the great thing about Black Mirror, is they don't just, like, show you, like, the off-camera this thing happened. They actually went and showed us the actual, like, when a crisis happens to not just a large company, a social media company, a company that is raking in the data about you constantly, and you see all those gears turn and all that synchronization... That that was the moment where you were seeing like they were talking about the minutia of what they refer to as dopamine targets, this goal mm-hmm. of literally getting you to stay on your phone and then how all those little pieces play into the fact that 
where where is this line between i know we talked about it on the episode over on the small stuff but like where is this line between it's my fault and it's the company's fault because you're making a product that is purely built around keeping me looking at the phone no matter what Mm -hmm. i'm doing and making me want to come back to the phone after i do every single task yeah at what point is it my fault that i look at the phone because you have quite literally trained me like a pavlovian dog to just yeah. want to look at my phone. There's a um, short film on, I think it was MTV or Vice that made a short film. It has Shane Carruth in it, and it's called Everything. And it's about a guy who, uh, he, he likes to play music, he has next to no money. And then, by virtue of this kind of paranormal thing that happens to him, he starts to create this business around the fact that this one cr- crazy thing that comes into his uh, life generates doorknobs. Just just doorknobs. And so then he starts a business selling those doorknobs and then that kind of grows and he has more people that come into his apartment to come to this paranormal thing to get these doorknobs to sell them. And it becomes an entire operation based on doorknobs. And it's just a good analog for the fact that some some businesses get out of hand because of virtue of what they're selling. And in the case of Facebook, like in, in that short film, gets away from the fact that he likes to play music because he's selling doorknobs all the time to like live his life comfortably. Mm-hmm. In the case of Facebook, we have, they're selling data. They're selling advertisements. Well, how do you sell more advertisements? How do you effectively do that? You need people to be on your platform and be on your platform for longer. And that's why YouTube, if you look, if you ever go on YouTube and you notice, hey, these videos are kind of long. I usually like like two or three minute videos, but these are like 10 minutes. Well, that's because YouTube is used to having people watch for about 10 minutes. And if people can watch for 10 minutes, they're more likely to stay on the platform. They'll move on to other videos as well as they'll have more watch time and stay, but also they'll watch advertisements. That's completely dictated by the the creators on YouTube are doing that because they found that that's what the algorithm likes and that's what will promote their videos. And so it's this big Ouroboros, like, you know, snake eating its own tail that like the algorithm dictates what it wants and then those things are skyrocketed and therefore people will support that. Creators will help. And so that's the crazy thing about the fact that these dopamine targets. So for everybody that doesn't know, we go into way more detail on this in the Sweating the Small Stuff episode. When it comes to dopamine targets, your body creates a kind of drug, which is called dopamine. That makes you feel good. And that's what happens whenever you hear a ding on your phone and you feel good. That's a little dopamine hit. And this can happen with a bunch of different things with like drinking caffeine, having a little treat, get a little bit of rush of dopamine. By them having beeps and boops on your phone and you touching your phone to release dopamine, it's very easy to not only get addicted, but to become reliant on that feeling. And therefore, it's easier for you to stay on your phone and to want that rush again. So Cameron and I uh, both went to high school and we both did uh, psychology as one of our higher level study points. Because we're big nerds. Yeah. And (laughs) one of the... uh, Puts on nerd glasses. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa, radical. Look at those nerds. Um, <laughs> we, we we both did psychology, and there was one uh, really good study that we le- both learned about called the uh, Skinner Box. Do you want to fill us in on what the Skinner Box is, Cameron? Have you ever asked how many ways you can skin a cat? This is not that. <laughs> the Skinner fair, Box. Fair enough. So actually, I, is the guy's name P.F. Skinner? I yes. think so. Oh, that might be P.F. Chang's. Let me let me look it up. But no, the Skinner box is this. It was pioneered it's B.F. By, Skinner. Yes, B.F. Skinner is the name of the psychologist who pioneered this research having to do with basically this dopamine response feedback loop. It's if you take an action that elicits a positive response, something that you 
inherently want to have happen. Yeah. Your brain will reward you for successfully producing this outcome with a small hit of dopamine, a naturally occurring drug inside your brain that is quite literally the drug that is, is how you feel pleasure in your mind. And so the Skinner box was, you would put an animal inside it, usually a pigeon, if I recall. The pigeon would peck at a button or a lever or some doodad, and it would release a piece of food, which is awesome for the pigeon. Pigeons love food. They would, like, <laughs> lose their crap. And so they would keep pecking at it, get more food. Peck. Like, this is the best thing that could possibly happen. But then what happened was Skinner started messing with how he would release the food. He'd make arbitrary rules about why the food was released or just randomly release the food regardless of what the bird did. And this goes back to the social media platform thing because this is quite literally how we feel this dopamine response is we've been built with this association that like we take these small steps that build up this dopamine response like, oh, we got a response, we got comment, we got likes, whatever. At the end of the day, when you think about your interactions with this platform are borderline random. You can't force someone to just like your stuff. They're going to come and see it and like it when they get around to it. And so what we found in these Skinner box experiments was whatever that bird was doing at the moment when it got whatever praise or in this case food, it would replicate that. If it was randomly preening itself, it would try to always preen itself because assume that's how it gets food. And then because it's always preening itself and it gets food, when you randomly give it food, but it's always printing itself, it thinks that the printing itself is what gets it the more food. For anyone who doesn't know, printing is how birds clean themselves. <laughs> so the thing, same thing's happening here with social media. You do a random thing. It elicits a positive response. But at the end of the day, you don't actually know why that might have happened. You could have made a really good post about how you enjoy science real good and science <laughs> is the best. And everyone agrees science is the best. So they give you some updates. Or you could have just posted a random thing about going to the bathroom because you get that real rush and you're never sure you might end up posting too much about going to the bathroom and no one wants to hear that. <laughs> yeah. And it could be it, it, the crazy thing about it is because a lot of them are lightning in a bottle. Like when you have that kind of breakout moment where like you've been posting pictures on Instagram and they only get like a couple, like five to 10 likes. And then you post one random thing that like, let's say you went to a hotel and you took a picture of like. I don't know, lampshade. And then that one gets like 150 up uh, like likes. And then you're like, oh, well, I guess I'll do lampshades. When in reality, it could have been the perfect time of night. You could have used the perfect type of hashtags. It could have been uh, the time when maybe there was a, that lampshade that was in a movie and people have a meme about it. And you, you might not know any of these things. And that could contribute to why that one thing worked. But then in your head, you're, do, you're acting like the pigeon where you're like, well, I need to replicate that because I want that same dopamine hit. I want that same attention. And then we get into this crazy loop and it just, it sucks. It sucks a little bit. It's not the fun. I, I'm sorry, dude. But like you mentioned a movie about lampshades and now all I can think about is what would that movie be like? It, oh man. Well, do you remember that Legend of Zelda the lampshade game that was on like, I think it was on Newgrounds? No, I do not. I do not at all. It was the Phantom Lampshade or like the Curse of the Lampshade. I'm trying to remember. It was like a parody of Legend of Zelda. That sounds like some very not like affiliated with Nintendo third party stuff. Oh yeah, no. If they made a, mo a movie about a lampshade, I assume they would take that, which it was a parody of Legend of Zelda. So they'd first have to make a Legend of Zelda movie and then parody it. 
And that would be about a lampshade. Detective Pikachu lampshade. <laughs> Zelda. It was Zelda the whole time. Exactly. Lonk walks into the room, turns on the light switch. <laughs> Lonk from Pennsylvania. <laughs> Lonk from Pennsylvania. <laughs> I love that. That's one of my favorite memes. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I guess I totally derailed us. I'm so sorry. I just couldn't stop thinking about Link. Princess Zoldor, Long from Pennsylvania, and Sanic the Horchig <laughs> are my f- the the trifecta. Those are the three uh, horsemen of my apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what about Danky King? Yes, that's sorry, Here's not Sanic. Danky King. Danky King is uh, pestilence. <laughs> sorry, uh, immediate dopamine hit when you said that. Oh my god, <laughs> so funny. So. <laughs> Getting getting back on track a little bit, that uh, when it comes to these kind of things, the way that you can break addiction or break a habit like these things a lot of the times is I know that it's kind of a buzzword that a lot of people like to use, but it does come from mindfulness. It is not letting yourself be on autopilot, not letting yourself just let your phone dictate what you do and having a moment of realizing what's happening. So if you are looking at your phone, like you take out your phone and just open it up and there's no notifications on your phone, you put it back in your pocket maybe take a moment and recognize that that happened. Recognize that you were looking at your phone expecting a notification and expecting that dopamine hit because you wanted it. You're, you were expecting it. I've had so many moments where I'll look at my phone and then put it back in my pocket and be like, huh, what time is it? And then immediately take it back out. Because even though I looked at the home screen, I didn't even check remotely for the time because I was looking for a notification. That's what, there's a really good YouTube channel and I've mentioned it before on the podcast that's called Breaking the Twitch or Break the Twitch. And it talks about that. That is called the Twitch when you check your phone compulsively because it's been learned to you. You're expecting it. Uh, another thing that Cameron and I have talked about is the the feeling in your leg, your uh, the vibration leg impulse. Do you want to talk about that, Cameron? Yeah, so... This actually, um, th- this was a hilarious thing because yeah. until phones, like specifically until mobile phones that have vibrate notification functions existed, this was never a problem. So your body actually does this thing where it will kind of send a little electrical neural impulse to different parts of it just to make sure they're still there. Yeah. <laughs> like basically is like sends a little vibration down to your leg to make sure your leg is still attached to your body because if a predator or whatever came along and ate it, probably really valuable to know that information. <laughs> but now that we have phones that make buzz notifications, this is constantly, this sensation, this naturally occurring sensation in humans is constantly being confused with phone vibration. So you'll mm-hmm. reach for your phone and think, you heard something and realize you didn't. It was just your leg playing this trick on you. And this is literally like, I keep my phone on silent for many reasons. First of all, I like to stay focused on what I'm working on. If it is so important, actually, maybe I should save this for advice to future Cameron or whatever. No, go go for it. We can recap back in the uh, in the letter. I mean, the big point here, my big advice for anyone is mute your phone. Mute your phone entirely. And maybe if you have, like, if you're, like, you want to make sure your parents or your children or whoever are able to get in touch with you, there are functions on your phone that allows certain contacts to be set to vibrate or certain ringtones while everyone else is silent. Mm -hmm. In which case, I always leave my phone on silent because if I am focused on something, there is no godly way whatever's happening on my phone could be more important than that. Even if it is more important than that, how on earth am I going to be able to get there and do something immediately? Like, yes, there's a timeliness to it, but at the end of the day, I'm never checking my phone because I feel vibration in my leg because I know my phone's not going to vibrate. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that, that's I mean, that's really just it. It's like this little piece, 
this little nugget of wisdom that I've always grabbed onto, which is I want to be able to, as someone who does have to be on social media promoting his own show, making sure he stays up to date on all of his brother's cool posts. Oh, buddy. Yeah, I gotta give you those likes, man. I know, I know. I gotta give you those dopamine. Give give me that dopamine. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Give you your hit. I'm an enabler. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, there are just many things when I would rather focus on, like my girlfriend and actually having a real conversation with my brother and whatever then have to worry about when my phone's gonna go off yeah and the only real conversations we have anymore are over podcasts so what does that say about us that hurt kian yeah good <laughs> I, I like our podcast but uh but that same oh, thing that, that like oh yeah that's not what it sounded like <laughs> no. like we only talk over podcasts cameron i'm kidding i'm sorry i'm i had to get the passive aggression out i can only do it here because it's like a safe space where you can't ridicule There's me on my own podcast here. it's safe oh, for me oh, i'm the safe oh, one. Oh, you thought i could ridicule you on <laughs> your own podcast oh you have another thing coming buddy <laughs> but but yeah that uh and the thing that's crazy about it is that like sometimes you know you'll like stuff because you want the other person to feel good like we already have this transactional nature where it's like i'm pressing the like button on this to make that one person feel good and you're sending them dopamine it's kind of crazy the way to break that is to turn off your notifications so you're not getting any of those you're, you're cutting yourself at the source but also to leave your phone don't worry it'll be there when you when you get back have those moments where you can maybe get like a flip phone or something for when you're out like using your phone for an actual phone and have your phone only use Wi-Fi and therefore you're only going to be tempted to Google stuff and stuff when you're in the presence of Wi-Fi or if you can have the flip phone do a mobile hotspot however you know you can make something work but regardless setting up these barriers so you're not immediately getting to that dopamine and moreover that you can try to make sure that you're when it comes to using your phone and uh, your reliance on it as well as your reliance on being with other people you're checking how often that you're using it. You have certain barriers in place. In the 4-Hour Workweek, which is a really good book, Tim Ferriss, he wrote it. It's very good. Go listen to it on Audible or whatever. In it, he talks about setting up ways that you only get like an email notification once a day. All of your emails will be withheld until 7 a.m. the next day. And then you get them all at once. You can view them all at once, do a response, and maybe even have a thing set that your response only goes at noon every day. And therefore, people will only message back to you at noon that day or whenever they get to it, and you will only be able to read that at 7 a.m. the next day. This entire thing to batch order all of those situations so you're not constantly a slave to your phone and the notifications that you get from email. Same thing with texts and other things like that. So it's interesting that we kind of need to, with how well people are trying to bide for our time, we need to make our own barriers. And so I think that gets to our uh, letter to our future selves. Cameron, do you want to go first? Get off your phone, future Cameron. There's (laughs) stuff happening around you. God. That's it. That's all. Cameron Rigatoni, get off your phone. Yes. And uh, that was very well put. And yes, the future Keon, um, I just want to say that I hope you're doing well. Hope everything's going great and that you understand by listening, having listened to this whole episode, I know that you understand that we can get into these feedback loops of wanting to check our phones and see what's going on in the world. But there's a lot of really cool things happening right now in front of us and taking a second to not just hold our phones up to our face and only pay attention to those, but look around us and make sure that we're engaging with what's going on, having those mindfulness exercises, understanding that, 
oh, I just took up my phone, looked at the screen, and put it back in my pocket and received no information. I should probably check into that, maybe try to restrain myself from doing that in the future. Those kind of triggers that can help you think, oh, well, that was a weird thing that I did. Let's now reevaluate that and think about it. So uh, I hope you're doing well. I know you're doing some pretty dope things, but I know that messing with phones can uh, lead to a little bit of Get headache, off your so. phone, future Kian. Get off of your <laughs> phone right now. And then go tell Cameron to get his phone. Let's get off our phones. Listen to your older brother, maybe younger when you're listening to this, but thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> thank Two you so and a half years from now <laughs> exactly uh thank you so much for listening everyone uh, i really hope that you enjoyed the podcast and you learned something uh cameron do you either have a joke do you have a joke hmm? well first let me say uh swing the small stuff there Please he is go check it go over to it we're gonna try and make sure these two episodes come out as close to each other as possible we technically release on different days but please do go over to Swain the Small Stuff. Enjoy the flip side of this conversation where we get into some of the technology and the like wild nonsense that goes on. And of course, you can find all my stuff at CBoozar or at Small Stuff Show for whatever you're looking for. Um, but yes, I do have a final joke for us. Ooh, serve it up. I'm excited. My friend thinks he's smart. He told me an onion is the only food that makes him cry. So I threw a coconut at his head. <laughs> That's pretty- <laughs> I love that. Just the bludgeoning nature. Now I need to get coconut. Yes. <laughs> this makes him cry. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'll give that to you. That's a that's a check plus from Keon. So thank you all so much for listening. Please go listen to Sweating the Small Stuff. Cameron puts 10 times as much effort as I've ever put into anything that I do. And I work very hard. Doll. Yeah, he works so hard on that podcast. It's always, anytime that we talk about anything, it's just like, oh, hey, how have you been? He's like, oh, I'm good. I just got off this uh, call with this really cool guy. I have him on for an episode of the podcast. Uh, he recently did an interview with a, the guy that founded uh, Pinecast, which is incredible. That episode's up. You should go listen to it and enjoy his podcast. Please go listen to it. And thank you guys so much, again, for the third time. Thank you so much for listening. Really hope this has helped and let's keep ourselves accountable let's chronicle our growth and let's keep our lives on lock have a good one i'm actually going to ruin this and jump in one second so oh, no. if you made it this far in the episode i must point out this is a banger show oh buddy i'm sure you agree so what i want you to do listener sweet listener of mine go find your closest friend find anyone who hasn't seen the show sit them down get up some earbuds and Force this show on them. <laughs> Introduce them to the life-changing charisma that is Keon Buzar Jomari. The life-saving magic of, uh, or, yeah, the life-saving magic of Locke. Yes. Instead of the life-changing magic of tidying up. I should write an audiobook. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, from movies to media to the world around us, it's details like these that make it worth sweating the small stuff. So let's keep life <laughs> on Locke. My man. Have a good one.